WHHH FM Indianapolis. It's time to take a look at what's going on in and around Indy. It's Open Lines, your eye on the community on High 96.3. Hold up. I want those responsible to know that the full might of local, state, and federal law enforcement are coming for them as I speak. Coming for them today, coming for them tonight, coming for them tomorrow, and the day after that. Coming for them as long as it takes to find them. And we will not stop there. And that, ladies and gentlemen, is Indianapolis Mayor Joe Hogsett last Sunday. Good morning to you. It is Sunday, the last day of January, the 31st, 2021, on a snowy slash wet slash slushy slash just stay in the house kind of Sunday. If you were with us last week, then you know we spent two hours talking about the violence problem that is happening inside the city of Indianapolis. And while we were on the air, we did not know the details, but we knew that something terrible was happening over on Adams Street. Later that afternoon, we found out a shooting that killed six lives happened in our city last Sunday morning. And that afternoon, that afternoon, Our mayor, police chief, and city leadership all arrived for a press conference, and what you just heard moments ago was an angry Indianapolis mayor, Joe Hogsett, saying that they would find the person who did that, and they did. So this morning, I know we've had a lot of conversation about this on the radio, on different shows, on this show, over on Tina Cosby's show on 1310, and so many of you have uh, thoughts that you want to express. Not just about this incident, but everything that is happening in Indianapolis. And so this morning, we don't have a scheduled guest. Uh, The phone lines will be open all hour just for you. So start calling now. 317-239-9696. 317-239-9696. We're doing an open line Sunday show because uh, we had the phones ringing when we went off the air last week at 10 a.m of folks who still wanted to get in. And so what I invite the conversation to be this week is, uh, of course, reflection on what has happened this week. Uh, But I played the clip of Indianapolis Mayor Joe Hogsett because I would like to know what you thought of his response. Uh, It is no secret over the past year uh, in light of uh, the protests turned riots last May, beginning of June, That folks weren't happy with the way the mayor responded to things. This is a mayor who said he would be the public safety mayor. We don't have a public safety director because Mayor Hogshead says the chief of police and the fire chief, they will report directly to him because he is ultimately responsible for public safety. So with that, you had a situation where you saw the mayor in a way you have not really seen him. And that was angry. That was right on top of the situation. That was being vocal and that was being clear about what was happening, what he knew at the time, as well as just being present. When we got off the air last week, I went to the scene of the Adam Street shooting uh, because I knew it just didn't it didn't sound good. I knew that that was one after I left here. I said, let me go check it out. And I spent a good deal of time out there as the family started to arrive and get a little bit of understanding of what had happened. Uh, And I can tell you, I've been at those scenes in multiple different places, different times, and you never forget the the scream and the cry of a loved one arriving to a scene like that. So the pain is real, and I witnessed it. 
Um, I spent a good deal of time out there with Russ McQuaid from Fox 59. Uh, he and I were two of the reporters who spent a great deal of time out there just talking with folks and me really just observing, you know, Russ out there beating the pavement. But I just wanted to observe so that when we had this conversation on the radio, I could tell you that I witnessed the pain and how real it was for the family who was arriving to find crime scene tape, who had uh, heard about something on the news, who had got a push alert uh, from a local news station or who had got an alert from the Citizens app telling them that something happened uh, or was listening to us and heard something wasn't right over there. And so as the phones are ringing and I'm coming to you, 317-239-9696, First, we honor and remember the lives that were lost. Uh, 42-year-old Kezi Childs, 42-year-old Raymond Childs, 18-year-old Elijah Childs, 13-year-old Rita Childs, 19-year-old Kiara Hawkins, and her baby boy who was due to be born this week. All of their lives uh, cut short by their own family member, a 17-year-old, a man whose life has been ruined uh, and changed forever, uh, was the suspect. A 17-year-old identified as Raymond Childs III. And so... I invite the phone lines to be open to one, talk about how the city responded to this, but also talk about what can we do, just solutions. That was the conversation we started last week and the phones were ringing and I got emails and texting and hey, I was trying to get in. So now that we know what happened, uh, let's pick it back up and talk about what could be done. This is a 17 year old. Now, we've had the mayor on and we've had the chief on and we know that you can't, they can't prevent every uh, violent crime. They, there probably wasn't much of anything could have been done on the police end to prevent this from happening. This was something that happened inside somebody's house as a domestic situation. That was the worst mass murder and shooting in Indianapolis in over a decade. So a 17-year-old, I can't uh, find any remote justification of what could have been going through that man's head. And as the chief said last week, we didn't necessarily know the context of what he was talking about, but maybe you just don't want to know. But for the next 17-year-old, for the next 16-year-old, the next person trying to survive life in Indianapolis, what can we do to make life better in this city? I, I don't know if, I, if I'm going to word this correctly, but what we found out is that this was not just a random shooting. So we know folks aren't just going randomly killing families. And I don't know that that brings anybody any comfort, but it it also is just as bizarre that this happened. A 17-year-old did this to his own family. We don't know much about this guy. We haven't heard from him. We haven't talked to him. But just overall, this is uh, a boiling point in our city with this this violence that has uh, been serious through the first 31 days of this year. So now uh, I'd like to hear from you. What do we do for the next 11 months to curb this? Are there programs that we can do that can keep children, teenagers safe, give them something to do? Is, is there what's missing uh, to stop not only somebody who could be 17 doing this, but somebody who's 22 or 32? But also, what did you think of how the city responded to what happened in the last week? Call us, 317-239-9696, 317-239-9696. We'll turn it over to the phones as we just talk to you for the full hour to express your views and your thoughts and offer up your solutions. Because the powers that be do listen to this show, and I know that they are trying to figure out what can they do to make Indianapolis a safer city and make people understand that Indianapolis uh, is a good place to live. This is our city, so let's unfortunately uh, have this difficult uh, conversation. Let's go to the phone lines. Online one caller, good morning. Who's this? Hey, Cameron. How are you doing this morning? I'm good Good morning to you, sir. How are you? Oh, I'm great. This is Paul. Yes, sir. Yeah, one of the things one of the things you said uh, you just got through saying is is uh, uh, one of the the things that I see versus me growing up versus how the children grow up today. 
They have no activities. There's nothing, nothing for them to do. And the parents just need to pay a little more attention to their children. And uh, and, and us that, that are maybe not be family members of these children, you know, when they when we see them out in public and different things, uh, they should know that we're there uh, in, in case they need us or in case they talk to us. Um, you know, so, yeah, we, we need a lot of more activities here in the city uh, to, to redirect these children and what they're doing. Uh, secondly, uh, Cameron, uh, when you invite these uh, senators and different people on the air, you asked that senator last week the same question three different ways, and he avoided uh, the the question. So I would ask that uh, when these people come on, if they don't respond to us, I ask that you cut their time off uh, so that we can use uh, that time for ourselves. So, uh, thirdly and lastly, I went to a program yesterday over at uh, United Methodist Church Barnes, and uh, I was there for the first hour uh, for this community outreach. And uh, it was truly eagle driven and it i didn't i didn't view it as being helpful to anyone uh other than the speaker um and i had an opportunity to to kind of chime in if you will uh because i didn't know the program uh but what i what i witnessed yesterday was really kind of unreal and ridiculous and it had no value to the young people that were in there or any of the adults that were participating in the program. Uh, so we need to get uh, a little more closer away from our egos and start teaching these children. What exactly even, are you talking about? I know there was an the, there was a, a event held over at Barnes, which is Pastor uh, Charles Harrison's church, and there was a yeah. gathering of, I, I don't know if the mayor showed up, but I know there was some city involvement, uh, some uh, clergy involvement, uh, some street uh, violence interrupters type involvement. What exactly are you talking about since you bring it up? Okay. Uh, well, I didn't stay for the whole program. After that first 60 minutes was pretty much enough for me. Um, this, this, this gentleman uh, coming to more of a confrontation with me, and I was just trying to share um, and so it, there was no room for other people to speak. There was no room. Uh, this guy was, was so eager. Good. The one with the long braids. I, I don't know uh. his name. And I don't care to know his name. Mm -hmm. uh, but all I know is, is that the program, as far as I can see, uh, and I can only speak on the hour that I was there, it was not only was it unhealthy, but it wasn't anything that was being said to grow the community or, or, or get this village going. All I'm saying is, is that we need to put our egos aside and really put our and put our hands in this and start being involved with, with, with our youth and start sharing things with them that they understand and, and we need to let them know that we are here for them. Any child. Any child. So I just all I say is to just bring some more activities. Uh, the parents need to participate more in the children's lives, and and I think that we could get a better start. And as far as the city's concerned, and what they did, which was really nothing, that case solved itself. Uh, you know, but if they're going to act and and be in our community and different things, well then they need to. Uh, I, I mean, I'm even saying the big brothers, the 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 officers in the in the schools officer-friendly, all these different types of programs. We need programs that are effective, that are effective. And if you go to any of the outer outer cities, they have all these activities for their children, and you come here in the city and there's no activities here for our youth. And we need to have more activities on what they want to do and what they need to do, and we need to teach them as we go along. So everybody have a great day today, and thank you, Cameron, for allowing me to speak. Absolutely, and you can do the same as Paul did this morning and uh, give your thoughts on what is happening in the city and what should happen, your solutions, your concerns. Uh, keep calling 317-239-9696, 317-239-9696, all hour long, just talking to you. So if you've been trying to get on the air for weeks, which I hear uh, from people who say, I've been trying to get on the show. I tried to call in. All I get is a busy signal. I'm going to do my best to get you on this week. So keep calling. Stay with me. And, of course, if you can't do that, you are welcome to send me a tweet at Open Line Show or at Cameron Riddle. 
on Twitter. For now, let's go to the phones. On line two, caller, good morning. You're live on the air. Who's this? Hey, how's it going? Uh, good, man, how I want to uh, pretty good. I want to piggyback on one thing that uh, Paul said. Is that this one thing mm-hmm. that case that case solved itself. So, mm-hmm. what was all that for? Um, your mayor and uh, you need to have uh, that city councilman on Duke Oliver mm-hmm. and mm-hmm. and ask him questions about that neighborhood. Uh, did you? Y'all need to. I don't know why y'all don't surveil that. You remember that neighborhood used to be an upcoming neighborhood. Remember, we used to have the Despo there mm-hmm. uh, back in the days. Uh, school one around the corner from what uh, that murder happened has uh, mm-hmm. been abandoned for like 20, 30 years. Uh, it's only one grocery store, and they put a so-called sable lot over there, and they think that's really doing something. Uh, I really kind of blame the people to keep on voting Duke Oliver back in that district. That, that, that's that 46218 has nothing over there. Mm-hmm. Uh, just put a little bank over there. You got one little bank and one save a lot. I, I, I'm trying to figure out why we keep on voting for the same people. Did we want to get on the radio and complain because we're not demanding our leaders to do what's right? Um, I'm thinking uh, for now on something like that. Every time a murder is like that, they need to bulldoze that house down. We need to start tearing these houses down. And we only complaining about that. That um, neighborhood over there by Washington Park overdoses every day. It's bodies over there every day. Uh, fit and all. That is one of the uh, worst, one of the worst uh, 46218 in, in the nation. So I don't understand why we're not demanding more of safe, of, of safe zip codes because um, your city's not safe. Uh, this mayor is one of the worst mayor next to uh, Greg Ballard. So why are we voting these people in uh, that's not keeping the neighborhood safe? Uh, you know, after dark, that neighborhood is like uh, the Wild Wild West. So, when, you know, it's, we need more solutions, more uh, business like what's going on. Uh, all this crying and complaining and blowing balloon, uh, balloons up is not solving nothing. Uh, the... Uh, Last year uh, it was two uh, two two forty of murders. It's going to be higher than that this year because we refuse to deal with what's really going on in our city. So you know, as we say, once you get towards ninety six, it's a different vibe. Uh, they know how to. We complained about them, but them people they know how to get together and control their neighborhood and, and control their politicians. Thank you. Have a good one. All right. Thank 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 you for the call. Appreciate it. Uh, let's keep going. Uh, 317-239-9696, 317-239-9696, all hour long, just taking your call. So keep calling. Best advice, when you hear somebody hang up, call, because that's somebody, that means a line is open. Uh, let's go to the third line, line three. Uh, caller, good morning. You're live on Open Lines. Who's this? Good morning. This is Kim. Kim, what's on your mind? Good morning. This is Kim. Kim, are you there? Kim, Kim? Yes, I'm here. Good morning. Hey, Kim, good morning. We can hear you. What's on your mind? Good morning. Um, I want to speak about the murder on the murders on Adams Street okay. um, and just the, over, the overall violence in our city. Um, I can definitely um, attest to what goes on in that neighborhood because I live in, over there. Um, and I, my family has lived there for over 25 years. Um, it's not about what the previous caller said, the neighborhood being the wild, wild west and, you know, so on and so forth, which it definitely is a, a, a food desert and a school desert, and we can name a few different things. Mm-hmm. Um, but I think we need to just get back to the basics of um, it being a village. It takes a village. Um, I don't want to blame one person. You know, the people are like, well, what, the parents did this and the mayor does this. That could be true, but what could we all do as a community um, to help lessen the burden on families that, you know, do have um, kids that might be out of control, um, you know, that do, do, do not have all of the answers, um, you know, a lot of us want to throw stones, you know, at parents and say it's all the parents' fault. But sometimes, you know, they've done the best that they can do. Mm-hmm. So what can we do to help extend that hand and pull back and say, hey, you know, I got it as a neighborhood and not just blame it on the parents or the school system? Mm-hmm. Um, I know for sure programs need to be implemented and put in those areas. Um, I I heard on the news that the young man uh, was a part of a mentorship program. One of the young men um, who lost his life was part of a mentorship program. We do not, and I don't even think that program is in that area, but we do not have any programs in that area. 
school one, as the previous caller said, has been abandoned, which was less than four blocks from the Adam Street murder. I mean, that could have been a safe haven for families and communities to come together and to bond and to get things, you know, situated in their homes. I think we, that also could have been a community resource center for parents. A lot of parents are, you know, afraid or ashamed to reach out and say, hey, I need help. I need assistance. Can you help me with my children? A lot of people don't want to say that because they're scared of the backlash that they're going to get. Mm -hmm. So we need to set up parental uh, classes, how to be a parent, how to parent, how to learn how to deal and cope with, with teenagers. That's a whole different subject. So I think a lot of us need to sit back and really think within ourselves, how can we help instead of throwing stones? Yes, our mayor, I don't particularly care for him. Uh, but this is not just on him. Yes, the parents, you know, I don't know their background. I don't know the history. I can't speak for that. But what can we all do to help lessen the burden on families that might be going through it in silence? We don't know what happened in the, behind those houses, behind those doors. Mm -hmm. What can we do as a community? I know for one thing we can do for sure is to start implementing more programs, not only effectively, as Paul said, but relatable. Can those programs relate to the children in the area? Children don't want programs, makeshift programs that people want to make up and just think that that's going to be what the kids like. Mm -hmm. Have you gotten the input of the kids in the neighborhood? Have, have you talked to them? A lot, of, a lot of students and a lot of kids, if you go and talk to them, have said no one has ever approached them and said, hey, what would you like to see in this area? How would you like to see this area transform and how would it work for you? So that's all I have to say about that. And I think, you know, as a whole, we can we can do better and we can't just blame it on one person. Thank you so much for the call, Kim. I appreciate it. Um, and, you know, you and Mayhem mentioned a couple things and I'll just quickly throw this in. Um, you know, you're right. We don't know what was going on behind closed doors completely in that house. But what we do know uh, is that uh, Raymond Childs, the father, died trying to be a father. Uh, this allegedly happened because he was trying to keep a 17-year-old son from going back out out of the house at uh, 3, 4 o'clock in the morning. So what we do know is this was an involved family, and so we don't know anything else, but it, it breaks my heart to know, um, especially if you've read the, the reporting on what his last words were, that he loved his son, um, that breaks my heart right there to know that this was a father and a mother who loved their kids, took care of their kids. Sounds like they did everything they could for their kids. And it, it cost him his life. So on that part, that, that, that breaks my heart. Cause we have, we do have parents who, who are struggling. We have parents who are not involved at all. Um, but, in this case, this wasn't that case. That's not what happened here. And that's what makes it even more confusing. So to that father who died in the line of duty, I guess you're just, you could say died being a father. I can't make sense of that. I do want to point out um, what Mayhem said. You know, I know he said, hey, you know, they got a little bank over there now and got a little grocery store. And I can, I'll just tell you, those aren't just little things. I get it. In the grand scheme of things, it's, it's still far below of what is needed out there. But just getting those things is a mon has been a monumental task to get a bank to come to that area, uh, to get the grocery stores, uh, you know, the little mom and pop folks who, who have opened up stores in that area. They, from what they tell me, they're not getting a lot of help opening those things. It's, it's It's been like pulling teeth. So, Mayhem, I'm not disregarding anything you said, but I just want folks to understand that, yes, there does need to be more out there in that area in the way of banks and community centers and uh, grocery stores. But the ones that, that have popped open in the last year, especially in a pandemic, have been no easy task. So, shout out to folks like Ashley Gervitz and, I can't think of my, my guys over at the grocery store who I've met and talked to. Uh, but they've got a grocery store right there on 38th Street across from the library. Uh, it's not easy. They're not getting 
You know, nobody is like, hey, come open a store over here. No, they're doing it because that's where they want. That's where they grew up. That's where they want it to be. And you got people like Ashley who are trying to get people to understand, hey, this is where you come. And then you've got that new job. Uh, oh, I've done countless stories on it. And right now I just can't think of the name. But uh, the, the guys down from Bloomington uh, have are opening up a, a, a spot uh, where they're going to make medical equipment right there at 38th. Uh, near the bridge uh, where the old value city used to be down, down that way. So there's hundreds of jobs coming to the area. So there is good news and those are monumental tasks, but yes, there needs to be much more. And as far as schools, you got to go back all the way to the days of desegregation in the 1960s and early seventies with Unigov and uh, busing the kids uh, one way out of the neighborhood is why 40-some years later, you still have an old, uh, empty, abandoned school, several in parts of town. Uh, Let's go to the phones, get another call in before we go to the break, and then we will come back and take more calls. Keep calling, 317-239-9696. Back to line one. Caller, good morning. Who's this? Is it my turn? Yes, it is. You're live on the air. Who's this? Well, good morning, Mr. Cameron. This is Donald Joe Lucas. Good Good morning. Okay, now they miss it. everybody's missing the point. Mm-hmm. Why don't they, the mayor or the captain, the police, check out that Katie thing? Check out what? Check out them drugs, Katie. They call it Katie. I don't, mm-hmm. I don't know what it is, but it's driving them crazy, mm-hmm. and it'll make them do things like that boy, that boy did down there on Adams. Mm-hmm. I don't live no more than three blocks from there, man, and I went down there last Sunday, and it was pitiful, you know, but. Just have, a, you know, whatever, man. Just look at that, that Katie stuff, you know. The people ain't doing that in the right mind. They doing it in in a, in a, a the wrong stage of mind, mm-hmm. man. They be they crazy. Mm-hmm. Yeah. You know what I'm talking about? So that's what it is. You know, it ain't it ain't nothing about building stuff around or, or grocery stores or banks. Check out them drugs. That's all they got to do. They just... That funny stuff, yeah. All right. I appreciate your call. Thank you, yeah, sir. Thank you very much. Absolutely. I about gave up. <laughs> no, keep calling. Uh, you, yeah. you hang on there, and we'll get you in, I promise. Thank you okay. for Thank you so much for the call. Yeah, the phone lines are, are blowing up this morning, 317-239-9696, 317-239-9696. I'm going to get to every single call that I can until we wrap up this show at 859-59. Uh, for now, though, uh, we do have to take a quick break and uh, pay a couple of bills. But in three minutes, we'll, we will be back uh, to continue this conversation. Uh, I just want to hear from you. There's no right. There's no wrong answer. Um, well, actually, there is a right answer, but there's no wrong answer. And I don't think there's just one answer. I think it's a combination of things that we've already heard about in the first half of this show. So keep calling 317-239-9696. If you're on the phone and you're hearing my voice through the phone, that means you are in queue. It means you will be the first up or the first three up when we come back from this quick commercial break. And I'm going to tell y'all one of the ideas that I have of what could be done in this city and every other major city. The only problem is it's expensive and it's going to be hard, but I promise you it would work given our kids something to do. I'll tell you my idea and I want to hear yours uh, coming up when the Open Line Show continues. We want to hear from you, your thoughts, your views, your voice. We are your eye on the community. It's Open Lines on Hot 96.3. Keeping you connected to what's happening in our city. It's Open Lines on Hot 
And we are back. This is Open Lines. I'm Indy's newsman, Cameron Riddle, on the last day of January 2021. We're talking about solutions, talking about what's happening in our own backyard all hour long. Just hearing from you. No guests to take up the airtime. It's all about you and what you have been trying to say for the past several days and weeks uh, as we have this conversation in different capacities. But the phone lines are always full, trying to get as many of you in as possible. I'm going to share one little thing with y'all. My idea, and this is what I'm looking for, people to throw out solutions. And if somebody takes this idea, that's fine. I want you to just remember where you heard it first. When the kids get out of school, and please understand, I'm not saying this is going to prevent, this would have prevented this crime or this would have prevented that crime, but it would save some lives and it would give kids something to do, something that they want to do but it would take the participation of every single school district in Marion County, all 11. That's IPS, that's Wayne Township, that's Decatur Township, that's Perry Township, that's Franklin Township, that's Warren Township, that's Lawrence Township, that's Washington Township, that's Pike Township, that's Beach Grove, that's Speedway. Those are all the 11 school districts that make up the one great city of Indianapolis. If they all came together, and offered some sort of program after school that is not just for their student, but countywide, you could call it something like Indianapolis at night or, and you know, some folks will say, oh, that's daycare. I don't care if that's what we got to do to inspire some kids and and get them involved and keep them off the street. Because, you know, hey, when you don't have nothing to do, you'll find something to do. And sometimes trouble will find you if you don't find it. But my thought is, if, you know, the schools offered the, the, the students stuff that they wanted, like, you know, programs where you can learn how to code and inspire you to learn how to do something. So, you know, there's kids who, you know, they got, they're doing Snapchat and, and Instagram and, and they're making content. These are the future producers of the world. Every time you tell you see your kids with that phone in their hand, they're making content. They're doing stuff that people are getting paid to do. So I get it. You know, sometimes they're on the phone too much. But what if we channeled that energy and shifted it for them to do something productive? So one of the school districts has a, a, a program that's great with uh, video. You know, Lawrence Township has a great program at two of their elementary schools where they're teaching elementary kids how to do broadcasting and create movies and, and videos. There are people who go make millions of dollars doing that. And it starts at the elementary and middle school and high school level so you know hey what if you live on on the west side but you want to go you want to go to learn how to make video because you're always on your phone well we're gonna bus you across town to lawrence township you'll participate in their program after you get out of your school on the other side of town so you live over in wayne township or pike we're going to put you on a bus and we're going to send you over there you're going to do your homework we're going to feed you You're going to get to do something that you like, your own program, every night. And when it gets dark out, you know, it's about 8 o'clock, something like that. We're going to put you on buses, and we're going to send you directly back home. We ain't dropping you off at the corner wherever possible. We're going to drop you right off at the door. So when you get off of that bus, you go straight in the house, you take a shower, you go to bed. You ain't got to do nothing. You ain't got to eat because we already fed you. We took care of that. But that's just one. And so, you know, that, that program idea of doing you know video and broadcasting that's one but you know what about kids who are already into cosmetology and makeup one of the schools after school that's where we're going to send all of those kids maybe that school's over in washington township or something you get what i'm saying you take these different concentrations and you give these kids a chance to be inspired by something and immersed in something that they want to do They're having a good time with their friends. By the time they forgot that they weren't even outside. If it's athletics, get them involved in their school athletics. But maybe it's not being an athlete. You know, not all of us are. Some of us are people who uh, have different talents. So I'm talking everything from cosmetology. You think, you name it. If it's cooking, you know, hey, maybe a school over in Perry Township has a great kitchen and they can, they've got some staff who are going to come in, and the kids are going to do their homework. Then they're going to go over to the kitchen and start cooking. And then after that, they're going to go home. We're going to put them back on buses wherever they live across town and send them there. 
every if every school district came up with something, hey, this is what we're going to offer because we've done a little survey and this is what we find kids want to do. And these are the resources that we could provide to all the kids in the city. Again, I'm a logistics person. So, you know, this could be done. It would take some coordination. It would take some money. So you, I'm talking state grants and federal grants and city money. This is not just on the school districts to do this. This is the mayor and the governor getting everybody together to say, hey, we need your help to put this together. And from there, I can't tell you how many stories I've done of kids who got killed because they were just sitting on their porch at 7 o'clock at night or they were just running out to the grocery store. If we took them out of that environment and you gave them something else to do, we know they're safe because we know where they are. But just as important, we know where they're not, and we know what they're not getting into. If someone could start a program like that, it sounds like daycare, but then you got to think about it. That's a long day. The kids are getting up. They're at school at 6, 7 in the morning. They're not coming home until 8 o'clock at night, and all they got to do then is take a shower and go to bed. If that's what it took to save some lives, to inspire some kids, to give them something to do. If I was the mayor, that's the conversation I would be trying to have. I don't know if it would be possible. It would be possible. You would just have to pull a lot of arms to say, hey, we school doesn't end now at 5 o'clock in this city. We have a problem, and I need you all to work together as one city, as 11 school districts, to serve the million people who, uh, the near million people who live in Marion County we got to solve this problem together. That's just one solution. That's not going to solve all of the issues. Don't, don't, you know, it takes so much more than that. But that would be a huge one. I'm only sitting behind this mic because I got inspired and realized what I wanted to do when I was in the fifth and sixth grade. Thanks to the Boys and Girls Club. And thanks to Angela Kane at Channel 13, who was the first person who ever interviewed me on TV. And that's when I realized I wanted to be in broadcasting. But thanks to school, when I did uh, Falcon Television, I was the morning news anchor back in uh, high school. I got inspired early. I only got those things because I was exposed to them, because I got to taste some things, got to try some things. I realized, you know, I did band. Eh, it was fun, wasn't great at it. Tried out for some sports. My dad's a great athlete. I didn't get that gene. But I got to dabble in things. And if we gave the kids a chance to do something like that, that would be something that would make a difference. It's not going to solve all the issues. It's not going to solve all the problems. But it's an idea that would make a huge difference. It could be done. People would, some people, it, it just takes some coordination and takes some money. There's the idea. Somebody run with it. If somebody proposes it, let them know that you heard it first on WTLC and Hot 96.3 from Cameron Riddle. Now let's hear back more from you on your solutions and what you think of how the city has responded, how the mayor has responded, what you would do, what you would like to see, what you need. Let's go back to the phones. Caller on line two. Good morning. Who's this? Hello. Hello. You're live on the air. Who's this? Hey, how you doing? This is Hey, good to hear from you. Turn your radio down just a little bit. Can you hear me better? Yeah, there you go. Okay. Uh, just to piggyback a little bit on what you said, that is a wonderful idea with something that I was trying to propose as well uh, when we were talking uh, when we were talking to that senator mm -hmm. and stuff like that when he was talking about passing that new bill. Uh, another thing, I might be old school, but I think a lot of things that we need is love, just love and honesty. You know, we got a lot of these politicians that are basically just handshake gangsters. You know what I'm saying? you got a lot of these police departments that are getting funded, and half of their units don't even know the law that they're supposed to be enforcing. Those are big issues. You know what I'm saying? Uh, to piggyback on the sister Kim that lives over that area where that murder took place, like she said, there's a lot of places over there that are, you know, that are uh, abandoned and haven't been in use uh, for, many, for many years. But yet we can't get the funding to turn those into more resource centers to help people that may have, you know, at-home issues or kids that have, you know, that have or are dealing with issues that they can't really talk to their parents about. So they run to the streets. But those are just issues that, you know, that we've been already screaming about. But the people that we're elected to hear those screams are turning a blind ear to it. You know, they're, they're getting all this. You think about how much we put out in our community to support other things in our community, but we don't get any support back to our community. That's a big issue. 
I'm not going to take up too much of your time. I'm a father of two. I'm singly raised in mine. I go through issues myself that I keep to myself because I don't feel I have anybody really to speak about these issues too. You know, because if you're in the same circle with people that's going through the same thing as you, how can three or four people in a ditch get each other out of a ditch? You're going to need somebody standing up on firm and solid ground to lend you that hand to pull you up out. And right now we don't have that. Everyone else around us has that, but we don't have that. And I'm just, I'm also fed up about always hearing about the black community mm -hmm. as if we're the only community that has issues, as if we're the only community that has crime, that has drugs. I'm tired of the narrative of black on black crime, as if black people are solely singling out other black people because they're black. That is the false narrative. We don't hear about white-on-white white crime. We don't hear about Asian-on-Asian Asian crime. But yet those people in within their own community, they hurt and criminalize each other just the same as blacks do in their own community. So you're always going to reach out and hurt the person that's closest to you. But those are just things that I feel we need to talk about. We need to get rid of some of these politicians that just come in with a smile, come in ready to shake your hand, take your money, and then leave you stranded while they're you know, building up their offices, their courthouses, their departments, and things like that. We have struggling, dilapidated buildings in our community that are being used to house drugs as well as criminals. You want to start somewhere, let's start right there. Sometimes you got to cut the head off the snake to make, you know what I'm saying, something shake. That's right. just the way I was taught. You enjoy your day, Cam. All right. Thank you so much for the call. I appreciate it. I like what he had to say. Uh, join him, 317-239-9696, 317-239-9696. Let's take a call right here from Line 3. Good morning. You're live on the air. Good morning. Good morning. Who's this? This is Virginia Baylor. Good morning. Thanks for listening. What's on your mind? Uh, I'm calling from Indianapolis, Indiana, from Decatur Township area. Uh-huh. And I have uh, I have three kids. I have a 26-year-old. I have a 18-year-old. I have a 16-year-old. And I and I want to let, let everyone know that I am praying for the families that was affected due, throughout the, due the shooting and whatever happened throughout the city. You know mm -hmm. that's going on through the city now. Mm -hmm. I'm letting you know also there are the mayor is he's out there. He, he you all might not see things he's doing, but he is doing things. He's do, he's actually he's behind a lot of the uh, youth groups that's, that's out there now too. And like uh, for, for example, Center for Leadership, mm -hmm. the Black Expo. Mm -hmm. Um, he's supporting all, a lot of the churches. He can't get to everything, but he can get to some of the things. He's out. Uh, he's attending some of the services at Trinity CME, Trinity CME, um, Eastern Star Christian Faith Missionary Baptist Church, Friendship Black uh, Pleasant Union Baptist Church, and I can't name all of the churches, but I, I just name a few of the churches. And I also want to know uh, there's uh, programs for the kids, like uh, youth programs, like Heroes. There's uh, some indie park programs. There's uh, some school-wide programs like Area 31 in Ben Davis area. Uh, there's also um, the AKAs or uh, uh, sponsoring programs, Omegas, the Alphas, and just uh, yeah, I mean, just, just a, a few out there. I can't name all of them, but there are a few out there. Mm -hmm. Thank you so much. So I, okay, that's, that's, I think that's all I have. Yeah. And I want to thank you all for listening to me. And I, I am once again calling from Indianapolis, Indiana, Mary, the Marion County, Decatur Township area. All right, Decatur thank Township, you. Southwest Side. Good to hear Yay. from the Southwest <laughs> Side. Appreciate it. Uh, you thank know, you. She, she talked about a lot of the different organizations who are doing things. And, you know, you got so many, you know, with the idea that I'm that I just pitched out to y'all. You know, you bring all of them in and they participate, too. Everybody can do their own thing, but you got to work together so that everybody can know. Like, we're, here's a list. If you want to learn how to do, I don't know, be a mechanic, to be a chef, to be a radio broadcaster, to be a truck driver, to be a, a, a hostess, a customer service, whatever, with the 11 school districts and all of the community organizations that we have here in Indianapolis who want to do something good, if they came together and did it together, boom, major difference. Let me take another call before we go to the break, and then we're going to come back and take more calls. Uh, caller on line three. Good morning. Who's this? My name is Julie Barrett. I work for Martindale Braywood CDC. Good to hear from and you. And I do the Yes Navigating. I, I work with youth 16 to 24-year-olds. Mm -hmm. 
and we have work experience program. We have a network across the city, and we got uh, places where kids can go. Yes, uh, offers kids with opportunity. Yes, the kid has to take it, but the navigators are always out there coaching, walking them through, encouraging them, asking them what they want to do. And then we try to be creative and figure out how we're going to get that done. That sometimes it's simple, a training or something. We work with youth field. We, Flannery House is having a auto mechanics uh, certification out there. It's, it's places all over the place. Mm-hmm. These grassroots people are doing it. Mm-hmm. And sometimes it just takes more of us, mm-hmm. not placing blame on the police, mm-hmm. not placing blame on the public politician. They're doing the best, but it takes all of us. We can no longer sit silent in our community blaming other entities about what goes on. We got to treat the trauma. We got to, we got to help them. You know, we learned that in the pandemic, we masked up, but there's other things happening. People are shut in. Mm-hmm. They're not working out conflict. You know, it's a lot. It's a pressure on families and we're trying to do our best to alleviate the pressure, but we still need a community to police our neighborhoods, to see what's going on. Even if you don't want to say it out loud, there's numbers to call and report crime. There's numbers to call when you say a family's in trouble. We have to do more of that. It's going to take every one of, every one of the suggestions I heard this morning. It's going to take all of that and then uh, to do what we need to turn that curve. Just like we're wearing our masks to turn that pandemic down, we got to do better to turn this crime down. And we got to treat the trauma in our communities. We work with KG. Val Tate got a program called Weekend. We got Mobile Yes. The kids don't always have to come to us. We come to them. It's all kind of things. Boys and and girls that program girls. is called what? Tell me one more time. Youth Employment Service. Youth. We have Yes in the Network. Uh-huh. I'm one of the career navigators in Martindale Whitewood, but I, if people know me, I go everywhere. I'm mobile. Tell me your name I one more time. Julie Barrett. Julie Barrett, you're going to get a call from me tomorrow or later today. All righty. Thank right. you very much. All right. Thank you Bye-bye. so much. Uh, keep calling uh, folks like Julie offering solutions. The, the, the thing with this is is the infrastructure is already there. You've got people who are already doing it. You've got churches who are doing stuff, community centers who are doing stuff. Just connect it all, and you're going to have an explosion of success. Just sometimes, you know, you might have a great program on the east side that a kid on the west side is interested in, but they can't get there. If we all work together, we used our resources. Every school district except Speedway has a fleet of buses. Now, getting the bus drivers to work a little extra late, some of them will welcome that. Some of them like, hey, I'm off at five. But if we put everybody together, that's what we have to do to make all these programs a success. Let's take a quick break, pay, pay some bills, and we'll come back and take more calls all the way to the end of the show at 859-59. This is The Open Line Show. Let's get back to Open Lines, your eye on the community on Hot 96.3. All right, and we are back with more of the Open Lines show. Five minutes left in the show. We're going to go back to the phones and hear from you until we have to sign off here at 9 o'clock. As we continue to talk about solutions and your thoughts, your reflections on what has happened this week and how we can make a difference as well as uh, what you thought of how the city responded to uh, the tragedy that happened seven days ago uh, this morning. Let's go to the phone lines. Ooh, I lost what place we were in. Uh, let's go to line two. Caller, good morning. You're live on the air. Good morning. Good morning. You're live on the air. Who's this? Oh, oh you can hear me. Okay, Yes, no I can. We oh. all can hear you. What I, what I wanted to say is you have a, a great ideal as far as uh, getting all the schools together and coming up with some incentives and programs for the kids after school. But I know when I was coming up, a lot of those programs were intertwined in the school. For example, uh, all of those, those students who had enough credits to graduate and was taking electives that didn't, 
necessarily you needed to graduate. They would have school programs where you went to school, finished up your credits, mm-hmm. and then the rest of the day you was at a job. Mm-hmm. You was learning. You was learning a, 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 a trade or something mm-hmm. to go on. I mean, I think like a little, of, a lot, like a lot of the counselors in the high schools do when they prepare kids for college. Mm-hmm. You sit down, you talk to them about what college you want to go to. If you have a lot of kids that don't have an idea or a clue where they're going to go, um, suggest the military. Military may be something that's that's really really good. I know in other countries they they, they make their kids go to the military and they gain respect and discipline and learn good morals about life, and then they're out in the world to make better choices, better choices out there. Uh, I agree with one of your uh, callers when he, when he called in and said, look into the drugs. A lot of these corner stores are selling this stuff called K-Spice and uh, Katie and stuff, and this, this kind of stuff will make these kids make terrible decisions, mm-hmm. but it's easy to get to. It's very easy to get to. I know at one point in time, a couple of years ago, the police was cracking down on it somewhat, but they stopped doing it. So, And then the drug got worse. So you see kids have to be hospitalized a little bit more than that. I don't really think that everything is based on policing. I do, I do think we do need police presence in certain areas. Even uh, they have a program down in Evansville that one of your callers mentioned one day about how they took a, a, a boxcar. And they set it right in front of the drug dealers where they sell drugs. And, and it stopped them from selling drugs because their presence was there. The police didn't necessarily have to be there. It was just that police presence, and they knew that the, the people who were selling drugs was aware that police was in your area. They're aware of what's going on. Um, another, uh, another issue, too, that I think is social media is killing our kids terribly. I mean, we need to get some governmental more censorship on social media, for example, mm-hmm. uh, when we talk about violent content. You got 15 content, seconds. I, okay. All right. Uh, when you talk about violent content and stuff like that, I mean, if this social media platforms that are all free were paid for, you'll see a lot of people that, that causes a lot of rhetoric on social media. They have to pay for it now. They're not going to be willing to do that. So, I mean, you know, even with the violent games and stuff, they need to cost like sneakers cost these days. $250 for a violent game. You'll see parents to stop buying those type of games for their kids. All right. Thank so you so thank much you for the call. Time. All right. I appreciate it. I appreciate it. And, you know, I thought about that because I heard somebody say it's the video games. Get these video games out of the, the kids' hands. Uh, you know, in response to what happened last week. And I'm going to tell you, I own every single Grand Theft Auto game that there is, and I can't wait for the next one to come out. But I'm going to tell you like this, there is no mission in any of those games that could tell you to go do what happened last week. Video games and being exposed to positive things has an impact. Being exposed to negative things uh, is an impact. But there is no video game out there that tells you to do what happened last week. And that's that's that. I appreciate the conversation that we had uh, on this Sunday. We're going to have to continue. Maybe we'll do another open lines uh, with just you all again next Sunday. But that's it for this one. We're out of time. If you're listening on Hot 96.3, more music is just seconds away. And the Hour of Power with Reverend Al Sharpton starts in just 10 seconds on WTLC. I'm Cameron Rota. We'll see you back here next Sunday live at 8.